You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we are going to look at something not on the field. It's something off the field. As I'm going to give you my list of some of the most obnoxious fan bases. And this group will be the non-ACC edition. Also, we're going to look at spring practice with BC football, see where things are at, and kind of give my um, lowdown on some of the news that's been breaking with BC football. And we're going to look at the news. So a bit of uh, BC basketball transfer news. I wanted to give a few names to keep an eye on. I have been saying Tyler Kolek from George Mason is a name to watch for. I I saw a list on um, StockRisers.com today of the teams that have been in contact with him, and Boston College has not been. It was not a team that was listed as a possible school. So interesting to notice that, note that. And I know for all of you that think that getting school players from George Mason is bad, you'll be happy to hear that. There was a name, though, that I thought that was interesting that officially entered today, and that is Marcus Santos Silva. He is from Boston. Uh, he started his career, so he was at Texas Tech. He averaged about nine points a game and eight rebounds, so he's a big six seven forward. Um, he transferred from VCU to Texas Tech, so this would be the second transfer. And funny enough, I saw that he was listed as talking to VCU again. But maybe he wants to come play closer to home, so he'd be a uh, Power 5 player that could come in and play for the Eagles. Another name I saw is Western Carolina big man Xavier Cork, who is now down to 10 schools, which include Abilene Christian, BC, Colorado State, North Texas, Oklahoma State, SMU, TCU, Texas A&M, UCF, and Virginia Tech. He averaged 12.7 points per game and 6.1 rebounds per game. Now, again, I know that for those of you that are dying for, you know, power five talent, he is not an exciting type of player, but remember... Um, Hawkins, who I've, I'm totally blanking on his last, first name, who played like three or four games for BC before he blew his leg out, um, was pretty good. And he played at Illinois State. So I wouldn't uh, crap all over, you know, players that play at smaller conferences. So he's someone that they're also in uh, the loop for. Now, I, I told you I'm going to try my best to give news on other things that are just not um, the major sports. And one I wanted to give is that women's basketball lost a player to the transfer portal as Sydney McQuieter, who played in two games as a freshman this year. She's from Tell- Teller, Keller, Texas. Uh, she's heading o- out to Boise State um, because she only played two games and because of the, the crazy rules for this year. She gets all four years, but I wanted to make sure that you all know that. And just some clarification as well. On my site, bcbulletin.com, I had a post today about three transfers heading to Boston College hockey. And that were uh, two kids from Bowling Green and one from Colorado State. And that Colorado State player, Grant Krushik, Krushank, I think of the Harry Potter books when I think of his name. Um, he went, it, it, so the report came from John Buchagross from ESPN. I um, mean, he's usually pretty on, but apparently Grant, Grant Krushank said that from uh, that he has not made his decision yet. So um, just as a, a FYI on that, but uh, in terms of BC hockey recruiting news and, and transfer news, they, apparently they're the front runner to land UMass sophomore Matt Brown. So UMass little sophomore. So BC is very active. And I, and I have to say for hockey, this is big because 
it was just like two or three days ago I was talking about how BC hockey is young and they get all these young players and it looks like Jerry York understands that and is trying to get depth in because the three guys that I had listed before had about 100 games apiece uh, in terms of experience. So you're going to bring an experience to infuse with those freshmen and that's that's what you want for BC hockey. So I kind of like where they're going with this and hopefully they bring in. They, they had um, a goalie from Bowling Green, Brandon Dopp, or Eric Dopp, excuse me, uh, he's played about 70 games and started about 70. And Brandon Cruz, also from Bowling Green, who's played about 150 games. So you're bringing in all that experience to go along with, obviously, some really talented freshmen that Jerry York is going to bring uh, to the Eagles. So that was also good news. And at, at, as an equal opportunity podcaster that loves to talk about other sports, and some some of them I don't know much about, and I, you know, side note, I was the worst volleyball player in high school. I could not, for the life of me, hit a ball in the right direction. So B- BC women's bat- volleyball won five straight sets to end the series uh, season, and middle blocker Amaka Chukwujiku, uh, excuse me, was voted to the All ACC Volleyball Second Team for the second year in a row. So congratulations to uh, Amaka. That is great. They, they, that team finished with a 6-12 and record and 4-12 and in the ACC. Uh, but last year, they had an 0-8 fall season and nine losses in his first time match. So they're, they're heading in the right direction. So just a little uh, volleyball news. I hope you enjoy my little um, intersperse discussions about different various sports, most of which I don't know anything about. But I like to give them their, their props to you because you never know. There might be a volleyball player listening to this. And if you are, thank you. In a moment, I'm going to talk about obnoxious fan bases. This is going to be an interesting conversation, and probably I'm going to get a lot of hate on Twitter, so I'm really looking forward to this. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about rockauto.com. Are you in the process of getting work done on your car? Are you thinking about doing it yourself? Why spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Head on over to rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from control modules to brake pants, parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices are always low, whether you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer. Why spend twice as much? Just head on over to rockauto.com and check out their catalog. It's easy to use. And write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now let's check out again Locked On today. Have you checked them out yet? Because if you haven't, you're missing out. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On today. Host Peter Bukowski updates you with the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. I'm sure they're going to have tonight's um, national championship game. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Locked On Boston College, this is AJ Black. On tomorrow's show, I am going to dive in deep with Locked On Avalanche to talk about Alex Newhook. You're going to get my perspective on his play and what I think about him and what he could do in the NHL level. So it's going to be a crossover event. We did one with the Gators yesterday about uh, CJ Felder, and that's what the great thing about Locked On Network is, is there's experts at every every school, at every program, in every NHL team. I So, you know, it's going to be a great way to kind of get a nice little um, 
different perspective and different uh, feel for the show. So you'll get that in the third segment tomorrow. So here you go. We're going to talk about obnoxious fan bases. I'm going to take off my journalist hat here for a second. I'm going to put back on my maroon and gold, you know, my uh, super fan shirt and get back into those old days when I used to be, a, you know, sitting in the, in the, the stadium and with fellow students or when I used to have season tickets and I was not, you know, covering the team. So you're going to get a different side of me today. And I know a lot of you know I kind of – I try to – um, juggle being a journalist and a BC fan. And, you know, I, I put the BC fandom down to, to give you the best coverage that I can. But let's just jump in and, and talk about obnoxious fan bases. So today's just going to be non-ACC teams. I'll get to ACC teams tomorrow. We'll get on that tomorrow. And so I'm going to give you three. And at the end, I'll give you a couple uh, honorable mention. So my top three obnoxious fan bases, and this is across all sports. So it could be basketball, football, or um, hockey. Number three for me is Boston University. Now, Boston University and Boston College obviously have a humongous rivalry in in hockey. You have the Battle of Com Ave. You have two teams that are, you know, two of the most historic hockey teams in college sports. They battle constantly at the Bean Pot. And the fan bases hate each other. They just hate each other. And that's just part of what it is, right? So if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you haven't been to a BC uh, BU game or you haven't seen a BU game against anyone because they'll just do it, is BU has this tendency to cheer FBC at the end of, you know, they have different chants that they do. It doesn't matter. Just like with, you know, Yankees suck for Red Sox fans, they'll just do it anytime. Um, and that just tells you how much the fans hate each other. Now, I put them a little lower on my list, even though BC and BU is like, for college hockey, like the rivalry, and the fans just hate each other. I mean, like, y- you get a BC and a BU fan together, and it's like, you know, it's like a, a powder keg ready to explode because they're going to be nasty. BC fans are going to be nasty right back. And you just know that something nasty, really bad could happen. And if you get people with a little alcohol in them, that that could end up in a bad situation. So they get that at number three. My number two, and I, I put this on Twitter earlier today, right? So I said, hey, who is, you know, I, I posed this question. Who's BC's uh, most obnoxious fan base that they face against? And immediately Fear the Triangle on Twitter said, UMass, you know, because he covers UMass. And I'm going to put UMass on there. Now, this, you know, I, I have learned to enjoy UMass fans a little bit more. And I, I, and that's more of my journalistic perspective. You know, I had Brittany Collins on a couple of weeks ago. And she she's a, beast, she's a UMass tennis player. And she, she seemed nice. And I, I had nothing against her. But, yeah. I mean, for years, when I worked for BC Interruption, you know, BC for, you know, it seemed like, there were like three or four years where BC and UMass would face off at the beginning of every football season. And no matter how bad Boston College football is, UMass is, they're a dumpster fire, right? They're just one of the worst in every aspect you can think of. Uh, they're just bad, right? And that's not me being a fan here. They're just bad. And BC, UMass fans, no matter what I would write, would just blow my Twitter up 
with, you know, oh, BC, you're irrelevant, blah, 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 blah. And it was just nonstop. It is nonstop. And they have a couple writers, and they might listen to this, and Michael Traina, I think, is one of them, who loves to antagonize them to get after me. And so that's more of a BC and UMass as a journalist, but even as a fan, they were just constantly hitting at me with that kind of stuff. And that's just for football. Now, you put in hockey, they think they're God's gift to earth now as they've had two final frozen fours uh, under Greg Carvel. And to their credit, they've been playing well and that they deserve that. Uh, But they think they're now like hockey's dynasty. And that's, that's also fun. And finally in basketball with BC and there's, and uh, there's certain sites that just nonstop hit on this. They are very, very um, upset that Boston college got rid of the, uh, Commonwealth Cup, I think it's what it's called, between BC and UMass in basketball. Now, the last time BC and UMass played in basketball, UMass smoked BC. And since then, BC has, I think, been ducking UMass. And I will admit, I feel like they have been ducking them. And UMass fans are just upset because they just want to play BC over and over again. And, you know, if you're not going to beat them in football, might as well beat them in uh, basketball. So, the fans constantly are, are on that. I feel like in terms of UMass, their obnoxious level has raised a, a, a bar because of onlineness. Like they're just like in terms of being online, UMass fans are just on it. <laughs> they're good at that. So they get the, the number two spot on my list. And number one, and if, if you followed me on uh, BC interruption. You're gonna know who exactly who I'm gonna pick as number one, and it's it's my pick, and so you might not agree with me. It's the University of Connecticut. Now, um, if you remember when I used to write a BC interruption, and I had to cut this out of my uh, my repertoire. Whenever I wrote about recruiting, I would talk about what schools had offered a kid, and no matter what schools offered them, and it could be just Max schools because it was Adazio at that time. If UConn had offered, it would be like. This this recruit had offers from uh, Louisiana Tech, you know, Middle Tennessee, and lesser schools like UConn, and uh, you know, it used to be my little dig at them because, in terms of just nastiness, I feel like UConn is at a whole other level, and that's why they get my number one spot because UMass is fine, like they're just they're insistent. BU, there's a historic piece. I feel like UConn just like personally hates BC and it has to do with, you know, they're, you know, being left behind in the ACC. You know, they did not get that invite because of Gene Filippo. So their fans just literally hate Boston College and they have every right to, but they are just nasty. So I feel like, the, you know, their writers hate BC, their uh, bloggers hate Boston College. So my number one fan base is the University of Connecticut. And now personal story. You know, if you're a younger Boston College fan, you wouldn't remember this, but back in the Big East days, trips to Stores Connecticut were like nightmare. You do not want to go to Stores Connecticut. And thankfully, Boston College has the power to kind of avoid doing that and making like, you know, Fenway Park their neutral site game and just having games at alumni. But there were games where you BC went to stores and the fans were throwing batteries at the bat at the at the buses. So Beast, you know, UMass, uh, UMass, UConn, their nastiness is off the chart. So UConn, they get my top spot. And now, do you agree? I'm going to put this up on Twitter tomorrow. I want to know who you think is the most obnoxious fan base 
that are not in the ACC. Now, here are some of my honorable mentions. I'll give you a quick, like, 20-second blurb on each one. Rutgers. Rutgers is not ACC, but they have this complex where they believe that they're one of the best, you know, and especially under now under Greg Schiano, I, I find them to be completely obnoxious, but not at the level of the other three um, because they're kind of irrelevant. And I've talked to, you know, people who work with BC and they feel like they're not even at the same level as Boston College. So Rutgers get up there. Penn State will also get up there. Um, I've had some great interactions with some Penn State grads, but I know for a fact that they think they're, you know, God's gift to uh, collegiate sports. So they're going to get up. um, They get a spot. Notre Dame, they're going to be an ACC school. So I'm going to, they were kind of hard on where I get it, but we'll talk about them tomorrow. Now, in our final segment, we're going to look at spring football. Uh, we'll go back into the journalistic side of my, my my psyche. And we'll talk about how BC football has looked and talk about some of the, the, the factors. I talked about this on BC Bulletin, but I want to jump in and look at some of how different positions are, are shaping out and some news that have popped up that you might find interesting. But before we do, let's look at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over and so is college basketball now, but the NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Pretty sure you can bet on WrestleMania if you're into that coming up this weekend. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over today and with sign up for free, and with your 50% uh, sorry, with your deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Again, just sign up your first deposit. You're going to get a 50% bonus. That's a win right there. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Here on the Locked On Network, we have so many new podcasts that you need to check out. With the NFL Draft a few weeks away, it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft book podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. If you don't already, please like and follow us on whatever podcast app you use. You can also check us out on social media. You can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC, or you can find the podcast at Locked On BC. Make sure you follow us on Twitter so that you can voice um, your thoughts on the last segment we had on uh, the most obnoxious fan base. So let's look at the spring football uh, practice that has been going on. So they've been off. Boston College football has been off for the last couple days because of Easter Sunday. Uh, They gave the players off, and we haven't had media uh, availability, which it's different during the pandemic because we can't see the practices. But we, you know, you can piece together the, the press releases and some of the things that the coaches have told you and try to get a better feel of what's what's happened with um, BC's football. So, you know, there's been a bunch of questions. I, I posed it about just questions. where What, what are concerns and, and things like that? So the big question mark that has popped up is about running back. Obviously, David Bailey, uh, they, you know, he left the, the program to go pursue other, you know, another school. Where is the running back position? You know, so the two big things that popped up. Travis Levy has been used as a... 
uh, third down back, mostly under, for BC, is is being kind of trained to be an every down back. So they're kind of seeing how he reacts to that. That's big news because because you know he's going to have a different role with the team. Secondly, Xavier Coleman, a true freshman from Kenwood, uh, sorry from not Kenwood, Lenape, New Jersey, he's been having a heck of a spring. So he's an early enrollee. And he fits that mold of what Frank Signetti wants as a running back. You know, he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's had some big explosive plays. So I'm not sure if if Coleman will be a, a player right off the bat. But I wouldn't be surprised if Coleman figures out a way to get some, some snaps pretty quickly. A name that hasn't popped up at running back is Patrick Garwo. And I said this earlier. I'm, I'm curious to see what... Um, Signetti and Halfley see of his role, especially with all these new running backs coming in, you know, with Alex Singfield and Coleman and Levy, will his role actually still be on the team? And he might be a a name that you might think maybe just like Bailey, maybe he decides that his role might not be uh, with the Eagles. So that's the running back position. Next are the linebackers. And I talked a little bit about this, but I want to kind of dive in. So you have Isaiah Graham Mobley, first of all. Now, he came in from Temple. He's a uh, linebacker that really has the potential to um, be a starter and, 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 a, and a difference maker. He's quick. He's a playmaker. He can do all those things. Next to him, that's the biggest question. Who is going to fill that other linebacker role? Because you lost Max Richardson and Isaiah McDuffie to the draft. Now the you you have you have guys like you know uh, Vinny De Palma, Joe Sparacio. Have you seen their names pop up a little bit? But you know the name that kind of interested me a little bit was uh, Cam Arnold. If you remember, Cam Arnold was a safety last year. He moved from safety to linebacker this spring. So, you know, if you remember, he came in after the injury to Deion Jones in the Virginia game and became uh, the the backup safety. But BC has four safeties now that have experience with, you know, uh, Jaden Lars Woodbay coming in and Mike Palmer returning. So Cam Arnold switches in. So you have this, like, again, you get that that, uh, hybrid linebacker position filled with a guy on the roster. So, that was something that interested me as well. Now, people have asked, how's Kobe White doing? Um, I, I mentioned him on the site the other day. He hasn't practiced yet. He's getting ready to start to get ready to practice. And I think he's working out with the team, but he hasn't practiced yet. Along with Ethan Williams. Ethan Williams. So there's two wide receivers that you haven't seen yet. Um, and, and you're getting, you know, all the other guys like Zay and CJ Williams, they're all getting their snaps, but you're not getting uh, Kobe White or Ethan Williams so far. And the big question people have had, and, and rightfully so, has been about the tight end position. Now, Hunter Long, obviously, he leaves a huge hole uh, for BC to fill. And it's not fair to think that you're going to find someone as talented as Hunter Long on this roster. Now, the big names that have popped up, you've seen Spencer Witter, and that was that shouldn't be a surprise. You no, know, he was he was tight end two a lot last year and played a lot opposite of um, Hunter Long. I saw Tommy Birmingham. Now, he, if you don't know who Tommy Birmingham is, he is a redshirt freshman tight end who came in and I heard big things from the BC staff when I talked to them last year about what he could potentially do as a steal, as a walk on. He's a walk on, a preferred walk on. 
and he's had some some big outings out there. Joey Lucchetti's name hasn't popped up, but that doesn't mean it's not because he's he could be still hurt. I'm not sure. I you know again I can't go to practice, um, so we'll find that out later. Um, but tight ends that seems to be where they're at right now. I, you know someone asked me about C.J. Lewis moving to tight end. I don't see that happening. Um, I think you're going to get Spencer Witter. You're going to probably get Joey Lucchetti and Charlie Gordonier, who I've heard things of a little bit about too. He's had some good plays, so I think you're going to get a trio of Witter. Lucchetti and um, Gordonier next year. So that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'm going to give you our top three obnoxious ACC fan bases uh, from my perspective. And make sure you follow us on all social media. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone.